Section four of Some Famous Women by Louise Creighton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter three Jeanne d'Arc, The Maid of France, Part one. On January sixth, probably in the year fourteen twelve, Jeanne d'Arc was born in Domremy, a little village in Lorraine, the great duchy which lies on the eastern frontier of France jeanne's father was a hard-working peasant he owned horses and cattle and was one of the most respected inhabitants of his village there were no village schools in those days and jeanne never learned to read and write her mother taught her the creed and her prayers as well as sewing and the work about the house like other peasant girls she ploughed and worked in the fields and took care of the cattle she played with the other children and used to dance and weave garlands with them best of all she loved to go into the little church and pray so that sometimes the other children laughed at her for her piety she used to nurse the sick and would even lie all night upon the hearth in order to give up her bed to some poor person france was at this time in a most troubled state the whole land was divided into two parties the burgundians and the armagnacs the burgundians had made friends with the english who under Henry V had conquered great part of France. Henry V was dead, but his little son, Henry VI, had been crowned King of France, and his uncle, the Duke of Bedford, held Paris and many other towns in the north of France for him. The true King of France, Charles VII, had not been crowned yet, and many people still called him the Dauphin, the name by which the eldest son of the King of France used to be called. He was quite young, of a slow and lazy disposition, and had lost heart and did not know how to meet the difficulties which surrounded him. News of the sad state of France must often have reached Domremy, brought by travellers of all kinds, peddlers, pilgrims, and wandering friars, who carried the news in those days as the newspapers do now. When Jeanne was about thirteen, at noon one summer's day, she was in her father's garden when she suddenly saw a strange light and heard a voice speaking to her. She was filled with fear and wondered what this could mean. But she believed that it was the voice of God that she heard, and after hearing it thrice, she knew it to be the voice of an angel. Twice or thrice a week she used to hear the voice. It told her to be good and to go often to church, and it also told her that she must go into France sometimes there were several voices and she thought they were the voices of the archangel michael and of the saints margaret and catherine sometimes she saw their visible shapes michael in armour the saints crowned with fair crowns their voices were beautiful gentle and sweet and a delicate fragrance accompanied them we cannot explain these visions jeanne herself believed that she saw and heard the saints and that they guided her in all she had to do. After she had seen them, she grew still more devout in her prayers, but though again and again the voices told her to go into France, she waited for three to four years, wondering what this could mean, and speaking to no one of the voices. In 1428 they told her to go to the governor of the neighboring town Vaucouleurs and ask him for an armed escort into France, that she might save the town of Orléans, which was besieged by the English. She answered, I am a poor girl who cannot ride or be a leader in war. 
but at last the day came when she felt that she could not resist the voices any more she did not tell her father and mother but she asked permission to visit a married cousin who lived near vaucouleurs then she persuaded her cousin's husband to take her to see the governor the governor was a blunt rough soldier not at all likely to believe in jeanne's mission he could not be expected to think that an ignorant girl of sixteen could save france and he seems only to have laughed at her she went home not discouraged but quite clear in her mind that next year she would save the dauphin and take him to be crowned at rheims the city where the french kings had always been crowned in fourteen twenty nine once more she went to vaucouleurs it was long before she could get the governor to listen but her determination never wavered she said i must be with the king by mid-lent if i wear my legs down to the knees we do not know what at last prevailed upon the governor to let her go but she found two men who believed in her mission who undertook to lead her to the king and with them and their two servants she was allowed to start by the advice of one of these friends she decided to travel in a man's dress she wore a tunic with breeches and boots and a page's cap the people of vaucouleurs gave her a horse her friends gathered to see her off begging her not to go and urging the dangers of the journey but she answered the way is made clear before me i have my lord who makes the path smooth to the gentle dauphin for to do this deed i was born jeanne met with no difficulties on her journey right across france to chinon where the king was at first he would not see her but at last she was brought into his presence where he sat surrounded by fifty knights in a hall blazing with fifty torches no one told her which was the king but she knew neither fear nor doubt one who was there says that she came forward with great humility and simplicity and spoke to the king most noble lord dauphin i come from god to help you in your realm the king drew her apart and spoke to her for a long time she told him that she would drive away the english from before orleans that she would lead him to be crowned and she told him other things which were kept secret between him and her what they were she would never tell the king seemed to those who were watching to rejoice at what he heard but he was always slow to move he had to wait and consult many people and test the maid in many ways to find out whether he might trust her before he would let her do as she wished in vain jeanne prayed and wept longing to be allowed to bring help to the people of orleans she was taken to the city of poitiers and questioned by learned men she was so bothered by their many questions that when one asked do you believe in god she answered more firmly than you do it was six weeks before it was decided that she might be trusted and allowed to go to orleans then a suit of steel armor was made for her she wished to wear a special sword which she said that her voices had told her would be found behind the altar at a little church near tours it was found as she said covered with rust which however came off easily when they began to clean it the people of tours gave her two splendid sheaths one of red velvet and one of cloth of gold for the sword in her hand she carried her standard which was white with angels painted on it and the motto jesu maria she never used her sword and never killed any one herself several men were chosen as her attendants and her two brothers joined her 
when jeanne was with the army twice every day she gathered the priests who were there round her banner and they prayed and sang hymns men learnt to behave better for her presence as she neared orleans dunois one of the chief men in the french army came out to meet her and said that he was right glad of her coming with him she made her way into orleans past the english army she entered the city by night lest the crowd should be too great but many bearing torches came to meet her and men women and children pressed lovingly around her her business now was to attack the forts which the english had built outside the town but before she would allow this to be done she insisted that the english should thrice be summoned to depart in peace in her clear young voice she was only seventeen she cried to them across the river and they shouted back insulting words saying they would burn her if they caught her but just as jeanne's coming had filled the french soldiers with new hope and courage so it had terrified the english they did not dare attack that slim figure in shining armour at last the french from the other side began to attack the english forts jeanne worn out was resting on her bed she did not know that the fighting had begun but suddenly she woke with a cry saying that she must go against the english quickly her armour was buckled on she sprang on her horse and was off on the next five days there was fighting with the english except on ascension day when jeanne would not allow anyone to go out on the last day the chief of the english forts was attacked and jeanne led the attack at noon as she mounted the first scaling ladder set against the wall an arrow struck her shoulder piercing her armour she shrank and wept but she barely paused to have her wounds stanched and went back to the front when the sun was sinking and men doubted whether the fort could be taken her voice was heard crying doubt not the place is ours her faithful followers rallied round her and one seized her standard and dashed forwards watch jeanne said till the tail of my standard touches the wall when it did she said then enter all is yours the last terrible assault carried all before it and the fort was won when jeanne saw close at hand the terrors of war she knelt weeping and praying for the souls of her enemies her first act was to go to the church and give thanks after that she had her wound dressed End of section four